You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child Montoya Smith, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio and push the envelope on the put on the opinions that people in America are afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the truth seekers out there. I am so glad to be on with my special returning guest, uh, Miss Laditra White. She has the very distinction that she doesn't even know about of being only the second person I've ever brought back for a conversation with smart people series, if you will. So you're only the second person I've been second person I've done this with. I've uh, been doing this show for over five years and so um you know, pretty distinct, but this is the kind of queen she is. Uh, she likes to do things of distinction. I've been following her for a long time. I promoted this uh in addition to bring her own, I promoted this as someone with a phenomenal life. So, Queen, I'm so glad to have you back on this morning. Uh, let me get you live here, messing around with this board. Give me a second. What's going on with my computer here? All right, there we go. Got alive. All right, thank you so much for being with us this morning, Queen, for conversation with smart people, and you are one of those persons. So thank you, Queen, for being with us. If you will, say hello to the true seekers out there. Give people a little bit of your background as you have a pretty extensive one, and we'll probably only be able to pull out a little piece of it in, in, within an hour's time. Can you yeah, hear me okay, so, Queen? So, yeah, I, ooh, I hear you. Do you hear me? Yes, you're coming through clear. All right, go ahead, Queen. Sorry about that. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, hello, Truth Seekers. I'm so happy to be back. And I, hey, do, what do I get for that, Montoya? Like a pen or like a Kroger gift card or something? I should have known <laughs> you was going. I should have. I, I just. I'm taking the distinction away so that I don't owe you anything. So, um, <laughs> just forget that you heard that this is your second time coming oh, on as a coach. Well, you know, this is a regular yeah. show. <laughs> We're yeah, this is a regular rolling. show now. I can't be I can't be handing out. You know, we don't make that much money in radio. You know that. You are funny. <laughs> so I am I am thrilled to be back, and no better time, no better time for me to be back on deck. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate 
I grew up in a, you know, in a from single a parent household in Salt Lake City, Utah. My uh, father went off to Vietnam. My parents were really young. Father went off to Vietnam. Mom wrote him a Dear John letter saying, you know, um, it's I, I think I can take it from here, and um, the, I'll write another book to tell you how that turned out. But for me, <laughs> I was able to escape Utah by going off to Howard University, HU, you know, and I graduated <laughs> from Howard. <laughs> ended up uh, some entered into working for someone else for about four or five years went back to graduate school, and then since then I've been an entrepreneur. The most interesting part of my life is, or at least from my second part of my life, I guess, has been the last four or five years where I have made a very uh, demonstrative effort to pour into our communities. I think those with the biggest megaphones have the greatest responsibility to be the voice for the voiceless, and that's what I've been trying to be uh, and do very purposefully for about the last five or six years. Now I love it. Um, if, if, if you if you're a long time listener, again I've had her on on several occasions, but again just specifically just to talk to Miss um, Laditra uh, is a is a is an amazing thing. Y'all are about to enjoy and learn a lot. Um, you know, and some of y'all probably have known her as, in a sense, the ambush queen. I always highlight that, uh, where as she said, pouring into the community during those times, she uh, basically, if you hadn't heard about it, uh, she would literally show up. Uh, at a black-owned business, almost basically surprising them and offer them services as well as uh, a financial input. So became well-known um, during that period here in the Atlanta area, so just to highlight um, that that period in her life, if you will. Um, but as Thank usual uh, with her, no, nah, as as usual, um, she's doing it has another project that we want to highlight um, before we even highlight that project you just released another book because again when I mentioned the idea of you living a phenomenal life uh, in, in me watching you over the years I think you've lived at least three to four lives over and so uh, we can just kind of we're going to maneuver around we're definitely going to highlight the project if you will but you just released another book uh, when I met you you were pushing your book Queen uh, which was doing very well but you have a new book just to highlight again just your many many talents I think it's only right that we, you know, jump around to with some of all the different things you do. So if you could just even highlight that book, what it's about, and I would, if you don't mind, just even tell, it, tell why you even did the book, because I think it just kind of came about, again, this is just me watching outside looking in, so you can kind of speak to that and clear that up for me, but I, I love the fact that you're pushing another book as well. Thank you, dear. So Montoya, one of the things that I respect most about you is, you, like you said, you and I have been connected for uh, several years via social media. You've actually supported me in the field during some of those social, I mean, some of those um, ambushes, and I greatly appreciate it. But one of the things I admire most about you is you check in on me even when you don't want anything. And as you know, that book came about as a result of one of the times you checked in on me where I was feeling particularly low. Um, so let's go back a year. And um, the only way to tell it is to tell it with its truth. And um, on or about March, the first week in March, I got a call on a Wednesday. Uh, as you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I work mostly in um, government. I'm a government contractor. That's the way I've made my living for the last 20-plus years. On a Wednesday, a young man gave me a call, my, one of my clients, and said, we're going to be moving forward. Had a six-year contract, which was my bread and butter. And it's very sizable. I earned it, and uh, I got a call saying that we, they were going to be moving on without me, that it was cheaper to bring the work that I was doing in-house. 
And it devastated me. It devastated me. And it's not because it wasn't even just the money that I would lose. It was the blow to my persona. It was a blow to my spirit. It was a blow to my mm-hmm. psyche. It was really distraught. It was really, really, I am used to riding high. I'm used to good input, good output. So when you get great um, returns. And this just came out of nowhere. I actually fought to keep that contract. I started, you know, you don't, you don't get as far as I've come by, you know, buckling. When things get tough, you get going, right? Mm-hmm. You pull yourself up. However, I was floored. I was floored. So I had a friend of mine who I went to Howard University with say to me, you need to find, while you're working through this, you need to find a distraction. You need to keep growing. And um, what that transpired into, Montoya, is a, is a garden. And from the garden, and this is something I grew up watching my mother do. In fact, may I say that I looked down on my mother when she used to go out in that garden. I was like, we got food. We can go to, I lived in um, Utah. We can mm-hmm. go to Albertsons or Smith's and get food. What I didn't recognize is what the connection between the, the earth and the soul. Mm. And while I watched mm. her go out there and pick green, yeah, she used to bribe me to go out there and pick the, pick the tomatoes, weed the garden. But I always thought it was kind of Mississippi of her, right? That's where she grew up. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until mm-hmm. she to me. Now, I'm mid-50s, and I, it became a complete 360. I mean, I came all the way around to becoming my mother. I started out with four plants with my son. It transpired into uh, – I can't wait till the spring. I'll show you um, how we do it again. But it really became my sanity. It became my release. It became my reason for being – It it enabled me to grow through what I was going through. And as I was evolving, I started using, started out with just herbs mostly. And I brought those herbs into the house and I started putting my fingers in them and, and, and using them and, and watching how it enlightened not, not only me, but those around me, how I brought those um, ingredients into recipes. And lo and behold, wow. before long, um, from this person saying to me, you need to start a garden um, less than a year later I had a cookbook my first and uh, I'm very proud of the cookbook it, I started out wanting something extremely I wanted to tell my story through the cookbook but I simply didn't it wasn't time it wasn't time to talk mm-hmm. about how people, mm-hmm. this, people really only want to hear from you when you're doing good especially if they've only seen you doing well right so it's hard sometimes right. for people to see you low to see you low because they and I don't know quite why that is um, you're going to have the people who want to ride on that low with you, and you're going to have a significant number of people who want to see you pull yourself back up. But I can just tell you it's hard to watch. So I didn't have a lot to say. And, and sometimes I went on social media and I pretended everything was better than it was um, because I was trying to convince myself of that as well. But the cookbook right. came about, um, and it's called <laughs> – and, um, yeah, and I'll, if, you, if you'll allow me to, um, we'll put a link in there for how to access that later. Yeah, of course. We're going to highlight all of that. Absolutely. Awesome. So that, that's what that's about. Thank you. We're about to say the name of the book, so let's go ahead and get that out. Since we've Now that I know the whole story behind it, because, yes, I, as an outsider looking in, um, I just watched you 
part, you know, kind of take, partake on that journey. It, it obviously, like you said, seemingly with joy. And and again, you, we have to do that for ourselves sometimes, right? Where we where we kind of have to fool ourselves into getting to a better place. And uh, these are mind games that I think are necessary uh, when we low. And a lot of people one never learn that. And if I got even highlight, like you said, the idea of even when you mentioned even looking down on your mother when she would go out gardening or whatever, a little surprised to hear it from the standpoint that I think, um, you know, not too far behind you, but, but I always highlight on this show that I'm part of this hip hop generation and younger. Uh, we definitely typically don't appreciate the, the gardening aspect of, you know, in a sense, raising our own food. Some people are starting to get back into it. Uh, but me growing up in the South, uh, you're obviously your mother being from Mississippi, uh, we, I definitely grew up in the era, era where, you know, most homes had at least a small garden, right? Uh, my grandfather had a, a decent-sized one as well, so I grew up doing a lot of it. Uh, but as I've gotten older, I've not necessarily lived in a place where I've had a plot of land, but I can admit not a huge interest in it, but I, but I do appreciate it. So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to think, and it was dope that you admitted that, that, hey, here's kind of how I looked at my mom when I was young, and here you are coming full circle, which often we do, right, the lessons from my parents, we, even the ones we don't always like to a degree when we get older we end up emulating them so i think it's an amazing to even get the backstory to why you have the book again if you will just announce the name of the book real quick uh, we're going to go to uh, a commercial here and then when we come back we'll get into some more of your story okay thank you gardening with joy by laditra white hey, nah, i love it i love it yes go ahead queen I- I'm, I'm live, and they're saying that they can only hear me, but not the radio. Do I need to tell them to to, to dial in to hear? Yes, time? I would recommend. Yes, I would. Yep, I would recommend that you. They actually just the easiest thing to do right now is just give them the phone number. Um, and I, yep, give them the phone number. You can say it out loud right now, or type it in. <laughs> yep, here it is. It's six four six. Yep, six four six. Uh huh. Seven eight seven. Okay. One six nine one. Okay, thank mm-hmm. you. Yep. If you just give that number out, they can all call in and just listen. Um, if they want to, if they want to, let them know that if they want to ask you a question or want to get in, they can press one. I got a caller out there that wants to get in. I'm gonna get them in after the break. But again, just give that number out and they can listen via the phone um, that way. Or if you go to my Facebook page, you can share that link um, as well. Or I can yeah, text I you the did. link during the commercial. Okay, dear. Yep. Do that I'll, take, I'll, yeah. I'll text you the link during the commercial as well. That way you can send out whichever one you want, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, right. a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group, focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, Do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year? Or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. 
Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth with not only effective tax strategies, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. Well, those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770-545-2145 and ask for run. Again, 770-545-2145 and let them save you from yourself. Welcome back to the Vincent Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's conversation with smart people featuring Laditra White. Uh, and also dubbed it Phenomenal Life. If you are waiting for the second hour, it's an open call. So look forward to hearing y'all thoughts on that. But featuring this amazing queen, um, Howard University grad, proud Howard University grad, a.k.a. Uh, queen of many talents. So glad to have on Miss Laditra. We just talked about her amazing book. Uh, gardening with joy we will be passing on the info on how to get this amazing book um i know i've been watching her uh with these recipes basically begging her to adopt me to be the i will i want to be the the nation's oldest adoptee at age 47 so you know i'm still working on my my my, my legal papers to make that legal uh the for you to adopt me because i need to get some of this food you cooking over there with these with these special herbs and spices out of your garden <laughs> I can't wait to share with you. I can't wait. Oh, they don't tell me that because I'm gonna be over there today. <laughs> oh, you might you got you might get shot with a shot. I'm getting that with a shotgun today. We we all trying to get. Oh, okay. Sure I'll, I'll, wait, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> well, maybe we're gonna talk about the vaccine later, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, of course, of course, of course. I wanted to jump into okay. a couple other things before we yeah, – we're going to spend sure. a, a half half the time, at least a little over half the time on your vaccine project. Sure. So just one other thing. Again, you do so many things, and I, I just like to enjoy the conversation and, and talk about things that I've, again, just, uh, you know, noticed over the time. And I wanted to, you know, even throw this Take out, uh, that I, I really I enjoyed uh, being – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Queen. No, no, no. I was just saying, yeah, let's take our time. I, I'm, I'm – I, yeah, let's take our time. That's all I'll say. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. We definitely get it. Yeah, we're gonna definitely get into that. Uh, but I just wanted to even highlight uh, that I, I even took joy in, in nominating you for the Forbes. Uh, I think the Forbes 50. So I hope that goes well. I don't know if you've heard anything from them, uh, but you definitely I deserve haven't. to be in Forbes. Oh, you have heard? You heard from them? No, 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 not yet. But it's 50 over 50, and that was so amazing. And it's it's a, it's a um, they're going to be honoring. 50, and I don't know if it's just men and women, but when you were one of the first to nominate me, 50, hey, guys, just Google 50 over 50 because maybe you can nominate me a couple more times. I think the more often, but at least seven people nominated me, and you were the second person to tell me. And you jumped right on at Montoya. You, des- you, you deserve it. I mean, you. I mean, you like I say you do so many, so many things, and you absolutely should be in for for all the stuff that you're doing. Uh, you know, uh, you know, here in the Atlanta, Atlanta area as well as around the country, because you. No, absolutely. And the, th- the truth is, like you say, even getting into your vaccine project, which we're definitely going to get deep into, I can't cover you in an hour. So that's kind of why you deserve <laughs> to be. You know, well, like I said, if you're going to charge me for this, I'm. A, 
I need you to close your ears so I can tell the audience that you have the honor of being only the second person to come on a Conversation with Smart People series twice. But if you're going to charge me for wow. it, you didn't hear that, okay? Just make sure we get that straight. All right. All right. I'm not going to charge you. All right. Thank you, awesome. Queen. Uh, but with that said, I wanted to point out a couple of things that I noticed that you had um, kind of was pointing out um at the beginning of the year, because you did mention that you have been an entrepreneur for a number of years. And, you, you know, not only do you do a, a bulk of that is government contracting, you teach government contracting. Um, again, you do so many things to give back in addition to being a, an extremely successful um, businesswoman, as, as I said, that, that definitely should be highlighted in Forbes. I just wanted to um, share a couple of your own words with you, uh, and mainly for the audience to hear as well, but I wanted to share these words uh, because you also do a blog, and so I think that's how I discovered you even you know years back when I first discovered you, and so I wanted to take some words from your blog just to highlight them and let some other people, in a sense, hear but one, find out about your blog and to hear your own thoughts uh, in reference to some some words you wrote in your blog. So, I um, mean, this is you, you probably recall it. This is one you did last month um, from Calling All Losers, and this is from part one. So, let me share these words, and if you will, give me your thoughts on your own words after hearing them again. Allow me to start okay. this way. Yep. Allow me to start this way. We sugarcoat too much. We try to placate the truth, ignore the obvious too often. We would rather spread half-truths like fertilizers to a wilting crop than put full-on honesty on a crop that has a half a chance at coming back stronger next harvest. Why is that? More importantly, what is the harm in being more honest with one another? So at the risk of reaching for my fertilizer, I'm going to try full-on truth. Here it goes. We are all losing until the moment we win. Over the years, I've made a lot of money helping other people win. I did not do this using fertilizer. I did this by getting them to face their truth. I could not have done anything without facing mine first. I look, I look at every situation first as the way, a way for everyone to win. By this, I don't mean to walk all over anyone to get what I want. That play gets you nowhere fast. I look for ways to collaborate, see how everyone could come out a little better. So if you would, just jump into that because I love those words. And, again, it's a longer blog post, but that's just the beginning of it. So if you will, Queen, just speak to those words again. Thank you, Montez. You really took me back there for a moment. I actually wrote that um, four years ago while on vacation. Um, and if you, as you stated, it's part one of two and we're all losing until the moment we win. One of the things that I've discovered along the way is there, there, we, there are a lot of us. Um, I guess at some point in my life I, I, would, I belong to this clan where we fake it until we make it. And I think that we do ourselves a disservice when, we all, or when we're all trying to behave in a manner that is not really indicative of where we are in our journey. And so what I, what I was trying to – there are a couple things I was trying to implicate in, the, in that blog posting, and the first of which is you've got to be truthful with self, and the only way they're really going to make any gains is if you really put, put, play your, put all your cards on the table uh, and look around for ways that you can get resources to kind of help, your, help you along your journey. And then as important as that, if I'm going to be completely transparent and put my stuff out there, 
I need a safety net. I need, I need a village. I need people around me who want to see me succeed. And I think that if we have more people like that, um, really pitching in and, and really, because at the end of the day, we all are able to advance further when we're all looking for ways to truly empower and uh, create success for one another. It is unimaginable that today there is, I think now just Cory Booker is the only remaining person of color in Congress in the Senate side. I mean, how was Kamala going on to be vice president? It, after all these years and all of what we have been able to sow into this great, what we call America, that fact that that's as well as we've done. And, you know, there's this whole question of whether or not we are, we are deserving of reparations and all of these other sorts of things. And somebody said it best in one of my um, uh, Facebook postings recently, we're never really going to advance. We're never going to see all of the things. We're never going to reap all of the things that we deserve until we see more people like us in places of uh, policymaking and influence and et cetera, in, in D.C., quite frankly. And so I say the blog posting really speaks to that. It is, you know, every, it, it, it is, we do ourselves a disservice by always trying to just make sure we got ours. I hope you can get yours. It's not until we face our own truth and we, all of us as a community start to look at one another in terms of how can I help you advance, but, but because by helping you advance, we advance. And that's what I was trying to get at in that post. No, I love it. Uh, we did a show, I think it might have been last Saturday's show, where we even addressed the concept of American individualism and to it, you know, rugged individualism, if you will. And to a degree, like you said, um, the, the concept of, um, you know, i got to get mine, you get yours, in a sense, comes from that societal push, but it is never something that has served specifically the African-American community well, because naturally our ancestors were communal people. And so your approach is kind of reminding us to, in a sense, take that approach. And, and you know, unfortunately highlighted in the social media age, you, you know, you can get even more of that fake it to your make it approach because now people can, in a sense, show you a piece of their lives. And, you know, and quite often you, people may you find yourself envying someone who's just pretending to be um, or faking it until, you know, until they make it. And it ends up, as you said, um, it be, being harmful. Whereas, as you said, if we could see how you can win, how I can win, if we could do that together, in a sense, we both win. And the reality of, I like, I always like pointing this out over the last maybe 10 years, the, the term haters or whatever is something that's, you know, pretty popular within the, um, um, hip-hop generations lexicon, if you will. And I surround myself with people, like you said, with people that we're all trying to win together. So if I have a hater, I don't know them. I don't see them. And it's, a, in my opinion, a waste of time to pay attention to them. And, and it's a, probably, in my opinion, a sad way to use as motivation. So I just hear your post speaking to the exact opposite of that. Let me go into one other post, and then we'll go to break. When we come out of that break, we're going to get hot and heavy on your vaccine um, project, if you will. So here's another um, part another piece out of part two of that post and we'll let people know how they can get in you know listen read your blogs because again you do some of the most amazing writings again you just do so many things queen i, I really just uh, love how you move uh here's another Thanks. some words from your yep words from part two you says you don't win by eliminating the competition you win by winning 
You win by being better than the competition. So what does winning look like? Here's what I've learned. I win by losing sometimes. Some would call it throwing the game. I choose battles in business, and ultimately it is about winning more of them than losing. I don't want to be perceived as an opportunist. Why? Because nobody will want to work with you. I look at business as an advancement across the field, putting points on the board and money in the bank. I don't have to have all of anything. There are so many ways to make money. My eggs are never all in the same basket. I don't work with people who only look like me, think like me, act like me, and live like me. Why, you ask again? Because I don't grow this way. I grow by not knowing everything. I grow by asking you to teach me. Go ahead, Queen. I love those words. Just if you could speak to those. I know, I, right? I, 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 like a, is it a Pulitzer? Is that is it, it's Pulitzer for writing? Am I right? Yeah, I think it was a Pulitzer, a Pulitzer Award winner wrote that. Um, I, I really do. I think that's who wrote this. That's nice. So here's why I'm. Here's why I want to celebrate those words, regardless of you know me being the author of them. Because I want to get, I'm going to start with a quick example. I know we want to cut for a break soon, but there was a time when I when I was early, well, probably about eight years ago, I was about to go into a meeting, um, and I was a hired consultant on the work, and I was hired by the client to do a specific task for their client. And right before we went into a big, we were probably three quarters of the way through the body of work, this young person came to me and said. We're going into this meeting, but don't you say anything. Now, this was mm. my project. This is my piece of the product that I should have been reporting out. But what she had discovered along the way is that my bulb shined too bright. Now, remember, let's say this again. I'm, I was hired by her, and she was hired by somebody else. But because my bulb was brighter, she thought, than it should be or needed to be, and it's kind of overshone. Her contribution, most people would think if, if I look good, she looks good, and hence the, the mm-hmm. big client looks good. It speaks to exactly what we're saying here is a lot of – we get our, in our own way. I, mm-hmm. look to win. I look to advance. I look to put people, everybody in position so we all prevail, Right? so that we're all able to look back and say, we, do, we did that, so that we all have a payday. I remember once ambush number five, I was ambushing the old man at the um, Mr. Sanders at the airport, the oldest person that I ambushed over those 37 times, and I remember um, we were trying to help him save his contract at the airport, and I brought in a dream team, and one person on the dream, who I brought into the dream team was trying to play, play us. And I'm not going to, no words oh, necessary, wow. but essentially what he was doing behind my back was he was trying, because I had nothing in it. All I was trying to do was bring people together to save his contract. I right. didn't even want anything out of this besides seeing Mr. Sanders keep his contract. Right. And so this gentleman was charging Mr. Sanders for, for his help trying to save the contract. And then this gentleman wrote himself into the contract. So either way, he was, he was about to get paid on both ends. Oh, wow. Complete conflict of interest. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah. yeah. And so I just want, I really want y'all to creep up to this with me. At the end of the day, I went to the person and I gave them every opportunity to fix it. 
And what I said is you can, we can all get, I mean, we can all win here. We can all win. Mm-hmm. Again, Ladisha wasn't getting anything out of it except for I was holding Mr. Sanders' hand through this. But, but essentially what happened in the end is I set it up so this gentleman was fired from the team, was let go, and I didn't do it. I did it, I, but I got to listen to it on speakerphone. I sent in my tweet <laughs> and said, we've got to resolve this. So, again, I was trying, and, so, and he's the only person involved that walked away with absolutely nothing. I got written up in the, um, well, uh, in the AJC. I got a chance to go have steak with Mr. Sanders after this was all over. Mr. Sanders became Beautiful. my surrogate father. I mean, so anyway, everybody won, but this gentleman went home not knowing what happened to him not even knowing where it came from. So what do I say? I say this. If we, if we can become bigger thinkers, better thinkers, more altruistic in, in our approach to things, more aggregate in our ability to, to come as a fierce force, as a community, we can do a lot better. Otherwise, what you're going to see is a portion of our community reaping, I mean, doing really, really well, and the vast majority of our community still Scrape it. And here's the, here's the real thing here. The people in the top ain't really doing all that well because you know what? We don't hold the power. We might have a lot of money, but we don't. Right. So right now when, when no. in Georgia where they're writing into – they're introducing legislation to say that we can't even give each other water when we're waiting in lines to vote for nine hours, ten hours, eleven hours. There's right now that legislation is about to be voted upon. So we can't we can't even help wow. our own disparities if we do not work together to come as a united force. So that's that's the purpose of that kind of writing. No, I love it. Um, thank you for giving that backdrop. We are up against a break. We're going to keep it short here. We're going to come back and get hot and heavy the rest of the way on this vaccine project that you're rolling out and let people understand exactly what's happening with that. But thank you, Queen. Um, I love the approach. We definitely got to take that initiative because, as you said, I mean, especially, you know, just speaking to Atlanta, you know, we, we've always been, in, unfortunately, the top five of income disparity as a, as a city, if you will, but now we're number one with everything that's, you know, in a sense, gentrification is finally catching up to Atlanta. It kind of went around the country and now it's happening here. And so just speaking to some of what you're talking about, we're number one in, you know, income inequality, the difference between the have and have nots. And as you said, even our haves are not in a position to even stop something, as you pointed out, something as simple as being able to hand water to people waiting in line to vote. Um, it, it seems like a minimal thing, but it really speaks to, like you said, you may have money, but do you have power to influence uh, what's going on in your own neighborhood? So that's um, very, 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 very powerful point. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is this that you think. This cut comes from Taylor Pace. Can't think about love from our sponsor, Square Business Entertainment. Enjoy these tunes. We'll be right back with Miss Laditra White for our conversation with Smart People series. All I ask is that you think. When an old couple prays, I 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's conversation with smart people featuring LaDietra White. Again, check out that cut from Taylor Pace. Find them on all streaming music platforms. Um, I like to point out the Square Business Entertainment is bringing back that real R&B that a lot of us grew up on. We know most of the music today is, you know, is all about sex and a bunch of other things. So definitely love to highlight Taylor Pace and their music over at Square Business Entertainment. Uh, but getting back to our featured guest, Aditra White, if you will, Queen, let's get into um, your new, uh, in a sense, project for the community. Again, you're always finding ways to give back. Uh, this is something that I've been championing over the last year. Obviously, um, the pandemic has affected all of our lives in so many ways, uh, but you've kind of taken a, a, an approach to get, get involved in this as well. So I'll just go ahead and let you just speak and explain exactly what you're doing, because I know you've got some upcoming things that people can get even more details than we'll be able to go into here. Uh, but I definitely wanted to highlight and pr- basically promote what you're doing, as again, as a service to our entire community that's much needed, uh, specifically to the African-American community. So go ahead, Queen. Thank you once again for being with us. And thank you, Montoya. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to talk about this, and it's quite important and timely. On or about February 3rd, I pulled a group, a team of people together, seven of us, two in D.C., five in Atlanta, mostly Howard University Bison, and we decided to shine a light on this vaccine hesitancy in within the African-American community. It is extremely important for me to say that we did not bring this team together to advocate for vaccination. Everybody needs to make up their own mind. And I love when people say that. I even hear doctors say, at the end of the day, I can only empower you with information and then make a determination whether that's best for you and yours. What I, the one angle that I took in, in all of in the vaccine project is I kept hearing this monolithic uh, response from mass media in terms of why people of color have chosen not, have disproportionately chosen not to vaccinate. And the reason that was kept being given was the Tuskegee experiment. And it's really interesting that every time they talked about, they weren't talking about we didn't have access to the vaccine. They weren't mm-hmm. disproportionately. They were not talking about the fact that we have, we don't have, the healthcare infrastructure to even learn about the vaccination process. All of those, those reasons weren't the reasons. There was this blanketed approach that says, we're really going to have to do some special outreach to those people of color because they're still stuck on this Tuskegee experiment. And because of what happened in the Tuskegee experiment, we may not be able to reach them. We've got to overcome that. So what I decided, and I kept hearing this, and I said, how do you take our community and paint with such a broad brush? Because I run in circles, and I know a whole lot of people, and that's not what we're talking about. Even the people who I, who I associate with, that's not the reason they're given. That may come up in conversation, but that ain't the reason they're given. So what I decided to do, because I've been a researcher for over 20 years, I said, I'll pull together a group of people from 21 years old to 67 years old, and I'm going to talk to They have to be risk adverse. So all I did was use my channel. I reached out to do text and asked people, hey, Hey friends, do y'all know people who were risked who were really hesitant about the vaccination? And I got a plethora of people who said, I, I know some folks. 
and I invited these key people into a studio for a one-on-one conversation, and we talked about it. Why are you why are you hesitant to receive the COVID vaccination? That's how it started. Thirty-minute conversations, one-on-one, and from that, and I really want to go more into that when when you're ready. But from that, I wrote a report. And then I went to all of these policymakers. I went to the National Institute of Health, the World Health Organization, the CDC, public health, um, public department of uh, public health organizations, Morehouse School of Medicine. I started pushing this report out. CNN, which I may be, I'm, I'm close to getting it on CNN.com as an op-ed. But I kept, so I just started pushing this information out and saying, hey, by the way, if you guys really want to know. Why, we're, why there's a significant number of people of color. Only 4% of the vaccinations are going to people of color, though nearly 14% of the population. You want to know? Here the reason. Here's some, we need to layer these pieces into the pot. And those pieces really come down to eight things, and we can, we can start to talk about those as you choose to, but that's how the project came about. And by the way, people at um, National Institute of Health thanked me. They thank me. Now, remember, it's a qualitative discussion. I'm not trying to speak for all black people. All I'm trying to do is right. use another data, another data point into the conversation so that we're not – I don't want people talking on our behalf. I don't want people characterizing how we feel about the vaccinations. We can tell you we're smart people. We can articulate what we're feeling. I love it, Queen. And I knew – and I knew um, just in watching you take – that approach, I saw that that was the approach, and I and, I, and that's why I wanted to highlight you because I absolutely see the the complete value in that approach. Uh, myself, at this point, my listeners know um, at this point that I am an advocate uh, uh, for the vaccine. I, I, however, again, I realized that that you were in a sense going through this thing to it in a, in a degree very neutral and from your position to basically. Um, hash out or basically to basically smoke out the the the, the nuance and, and that's what I appreciate the most especially uh, for especially my long-time listeners they know that if you're a first-time listener um, I always say the truth rarely lives on the edges um, so in this situation you know just to even clarify what I mean by that you know you could be you know completely for the vaccine like like myself if you will or you could be completely against it for whatever your reasons however the real truth is never on the edge of the either or it, it it's, it's it's in the nuance and so that's what I appreciate appreciated about your approach. I knew that that would be so much value in being able to, in a sense, deliver that information. Because quite often, when you get into the either or aspect, sometimes somebody can give you the correct information, but if you assume they're against you, you will miss that information. And I knew that the way you were approaching this, as you said, let's get people the information, let them make their own informed decision. And so, again, I truly, truly appreciate the approach and not surprised that that's how you're doing it. So that's what, to me, was worth highlighting because whatever somebody's hesitancy is or you know is or isn't if you will i do that the way you were approaching it they could get information that again they can make their own informed decisions so i just wanted to highlight 
that, you know, that I saw that you were taking that approach, and I really, really appreciate the fact that you took that approach. What I'm going to do is go to, because uh, I only got, only got you for another 17 minutes here, so I'm going to go to a, a one more quick break, and then we're going to hash out some of those things that you found in the report, and I also have a caller out there that, um, that wants to get in. For the all other callers, we may open it up as well. All you have to do is press 1 to let us know you want to speak, but again, we're going to go to this one last quick break so we can get heavy into some of what's in that report and let people know how they can hear and and catch you live going deeper into this project. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's conversation with smart people featuring Laditra White. Again, thank you, Queen, for being with us um, as we get into and dig into this vaccine project that you're, that you're doing here. And as you said, you saw this kind of blanketed statement that the media was using. Um, I'll even... Again, as someone who's advocated for just trying to get the information myself and gather it as best I could and deliver it to our community, um, even the head of the American Medical Association, um, Dr. Patricia Harris, uh, first African-American uh, to ever head up that um, association, um, this sister, she talked about it as the in a sense, pandemic was hitting that um, she wanted to increase her efforts in decreasing the hesitancy in our community because she knew that there was, again, long history to why there might be some hesitancy and try to get the information out. So she's been advocating um, um, that we get the information out as well. And so you're doing that specifically with your project. So if you will, Queen, uh, let's talk about, you know, what we can. Again, I know you're going to be doing an upcoming live, so I know you'll get deeper into it at that time. But if we, have, we can dig into some of what you found, I would love to hear it, and then I'll open up the phone lines as well. Go ahead. Thank you again, um, Queen. Awesome. Awesome, Montoya. So let me just start broadly and tell you that it really, it was really enlightening uh, beyond measure because the, it was really interesting the, the spectrum by which people 
um, think about vaccinations. So the, let me start with the most common response that I got. The most, and there were two two points that were made that people were vaccine hesitant because of the speed in which the vaccinations came to market. That's the first thing. The second and very prevalent thing is people of color are vaccine hesitant because there is very little known about the side effects. So those two things, and, and we could talk about each of those and peel those way back, but essentially those are the two. So it's not the Tuskegee mm-hmm. experiment in itself. And in fact, on mm-hmm. its own, the Tuskegee experiment only came up one time as the reason. So it was often in the mix, but no. What people are saying is I have one temple. I have one life. I have, and there is a thin line between life and death. And a lot of people, and one of the questions I ask is, what do you fear most, COVID or the vaccination? And by and large, people said, with COVID, I think I can, I may get sick, but there's a 2 or 3% chance that only a 2 or 3% chance that I'll die. I live my life in such a way that I think that I will be okay. With the vaccination, you can't undo it. That vaccination is a permanent reconstruction of your, this is what they said. I'm not saying that I agree with it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, you're just reporting. You're just reporting right now. I respect that. Exactly. Absolutely. Go ahead, Queen. You cannot undo something that you put into your body that's going to modify how your body responds. It becomes, some people even use the word thinking that introducing the vaccination was a change in their DNA. Long of the short of it is, the two reasons they're like, how did this happen so quickly? And the really interesting thing, Montoya, is people said, if you were able, this is supposed to be some sort of magical new science that's never been done and it's such an advancement, then why do we still have cancer? Why aren't we addressing all medicine through the same prism of magic? And I think that's a justifiable question to be asked. So it's a good question to be asked, and it's a good question to Absolutely. be answered. And RNA, Absolutely. you know, many of us know what, what the advancement was, um, at least through Pfizer and Moderna, that it was an mRNA process that was advanced. The long of the short of it is we have got to meet people through their, uh, where they are and do not presume right. that they're unable to digest science or truth. But what they're saying is give me the answer to the question. One of the other things they're saying is how do these vaccinations act on the variants? And what's troubling mm-hmm. at best is they're getting new – every time they, they digest and respond to their question, it changes. Just think about, Montoya, the number of times we were told that you need one shot, only need, you need two shots. No, maybe you only need one shot. And, every, and the variable that changed in all of this was, act, was the amount of vaccination available. So, it, it, so for somebody who's deciding to take this or not take this, when the ball keeps – the target keeps moving every week, it, it, it's unsettling, especially if you're making decisions Absolutely. for your family. If you're make, so Absolutely. is it one shot or is it two? Is it, does it work on mm-hmm. the variants or does it not work on the variants? Are there set, well, here's, a, here's a good one. A lot of people are, started, have, are under the, the belief this is not even a vaccination. It just keeps me from getting really, really sick if I get sick, right? And then I, and even with the vaccination, I can still get COVID and spread it. So the question in many people's minds are, why am I going to run? Why am I going to roll the dice with this? Why, do, why don't I just not get sick? In other words, if I'm getting a vaccination that truly doesn't keep me from getting sick, it just keeps me from going to the hospital. Why don't I just stay 
stay well enough to stay away from COVID to go to the hospital. So those are the, those are the walls, those are the barriers, those are the types of things that we need to overcome. And if you'll allow me, because I know we won't get to all of them, there's one more really, really well, I, I'll, I'll say this to you. I, I got a two-hour show, so you can stay on as long as you want, but I got to respect your time. So. Okay, you're going to you're gonna have to give me two Kroger cards. So, but this next one I'm going to say is really interesting, and that is where is the other side to the argument? Meaning if you, vaccination is the only solution, but we've been living in a functional health world for a long, long time. What about natural remedies? Where is it that we can't, why can't there be as much attention paid to other options than just putting a drug into our system, right? And, it, and, and, and can't, isn't there something that exists that can create that same barrier, that same protection? Is, has that been examined? And the answer is a non-answer. People are not, now there are, there are places you can go find information on it, but they want the scientists to offer that argument or you know, before against the argument of natural healing or natural health. So those are the types of things that we need. Now, lastly, and this is where I come back into play, I don't believe we're ever going to succeed in truly People may, we may end up getting a shot in the arm. There may, you may, we may win at the end of the day that a vast majority of people of color get that vaccine, get the vaccination. But here's the thing, and I really want everybody to hear this. Until we start to treat the people of color from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, until they start to go into these communities and address all the disparity that, address, that exists, economic, education, health, mm-hmm. housing, if we were, if you really want to get our attention, come in there and say we're going to start addressing 350 years of trouble, of disparity. Yes, yes. If we're really going to, absolutely, if you really want to pretend like you care, and you really want to, what you can envelop this vaccination solution into a program where you're saying we are going to give you address all health concerns. We we are mentally cuckoo for cocoa puffs. We have mental health issues, present company in, included. There's mental health, there's stress, there's diabetes, there's hypertension. Where are those solutions? Why, are you just, why is everybody jumping on the vaccine wagon? And so I say all of that to say, and I know this is a question people are wondering, is where do I stand? It really doesn't matter where I stand on vaccination. I really I doesn't matter because that's not, my, that's it not why I'm here. But I will tell mm-hmm. you how I thought, how I arrived at my decision. I, am, I have pre- uh, comorbidities. There are things that exist in my life that I think would be worsened if I got sick. I have been, I have taken the flu shot every year. I have grew up on vaccination. And you know what? Here's the, Montoya, sit down when I say this. And I, every, I never asked what was in the flu shot. I never asked what was in the vaccinations that I took growing up. I have never seldom asked what was in the vaccinations when I vaccinate my children. So, I'm not really sure that this is the time I'm going to die on the sword and say I'm going to be one way or the other because I don't know enough. It's up to me to learn more. That's it. That's my opinion. No, I love it, um, and and I and I love it because I what I what let me say let me say well, let me explain it when I say I love it. And again, I tr- trust I trust, and I'm not surprised exactly how you approached it um, because I am a huge believer in a- as you move through nuance, 
as neutral as you can stay, the more opportunity for truth. And so for anybody out there listening, whether, you, whether you're already on a side or not, even me saying I'm an advocate, I can still hear uh, Deidre, if you will, I can hear her explain, hey, I did this project to see what was out there. All of those questions, I think, based on our culture and the things that have happened in this country, are you basically said, here's what I heard, and all of those questions are absolutely fair based on concerns. Now, me being an advocate and loving to dig into science journals, you know, and so I have time that I could answer most of your questions. But that's not the point here. The point is, here's the things that people are thinking about. And as you said, it's not reduced down just to, uh, you know, the Tuskegee experiment being the, the biggest culprit, if you will. And then the last thing you said really speaks to the idea that while this vaccine, as as an advocate, I will say while this vaccine, that most vaccines have shown a history of being safe, not all. There have been vaccines taken off the market. So, again, I'm not... We're not, I'm not doing the either or. So I hope if you're a first-time listener, you're listening that we're, we're not on the edges here. We're, we're kind of getting in the middle of all of this. And so I'll simply say that while, you know, vaccines to a degree mostly have been, I would even say, um, very good for human history. You know, God, but, again, this was a new one. So a new one that gets developed very quickly when the average one typically takes about 8 to 10 years. That is a valid question, not just for black people, but for anybody that's asking, how did this thing come to market very quickly. Again, there is an answer, but a valid question. Uh, and anyway, let me circle back to the point. So so I say all this to say that that ultimately the last thing you just mentioned with, with, with our medical history as a people, and there's so much distrust, rightfully so, across the board, you, you spoke to the answer. You're absolutely right, teacher that in the sense that, if, in a sense, if, if this country were able to show that, hey, this is a demographic, the African-American culture, uh, American community that we that is important to us, then, yeah, it, I can imagine that for most people it looks kind of fishy right now that you're saying, hey, we see that y'all are dying from this the most. We, it looks like the medical community says, hey, we really care about you now. And to your point is – that's just not human nature to be like, well, I trust you now because you haven't shown that you've cared about me for the last 300 years, so why would I trust you now, even with the head of the AMA, AMA being a black woman, even with the uh, Moderna um, being developed by an African-American woman? I think the Pfizer one was developed by a Nigerian. So even with those in place, there is a history for all of this hesitancy, which is, I think is your major point. Um, I'll, let me see. You can yeah, jump in right there, Queen. Um, again, I'm going to get to the caller um, out there, but I don't know if you're going to stick with us for a little longer, but I just, I just really wanted to encapsulate what I heard you say and, and why I appreciated it. Yeah, no, you said it. You encapsulated it quite well. And I, I, I think that, again, at the end of the day, to really, I mean, we can sprint. I mean, I mean I'm talking about the, the health institutions. They can choose to sprint with us or treat this as a marathon. The sprint is trying to get the vaccination into our arms. The marathon is to demonstrate, demonstrate in an authentic way that we see you, we hear you, we, we wronged you, and it's time to try to address, to make good, really start to look at this community and say something is awry. And in, in, in many respects, through faults of their, not through faults of their own. You know, it is not, 
kids' fault that they are underserved um, in education. It is not our kids' fault that they're underserved in terms of access to good health care. We can't even go and get grocery stores within five miles in many, in many food deserts across the country. And guess who are in those food deserts? People of color. Yes. No wonder we have hypertension. No wonder we have diabetes. No wonder. No wonder. Uh, and listen to this. Even people with money, even people with money are getting COVID more than others. You know why? Because there's bias in healthcare administration. Even the doctor, the black, how's a black doctor die of COVID? And, and when she's begging them, I'm not well. I need something more here. And then she dies. She's treating people with COVID and died of COVID, telling the doctors, you're not treating me like you would a white person. So until we have, we're willing to have those types of conversations, we are going to find that we continue this gap. It's only going to get wider and wider and wider, and I don't care who's in the White House, because we've got to be willing to, sit, to put, roll up our sleeves and say, let's start to really look at this. One of the questions we've got to ask ourselves is who among us has even been to the doctors in the last year because we're afraid of getting COVID, and we have a heart condition, or we have hypertension, or we have diabetes. I had to practically beg, beg my primary care physician to give me my blood pressure medicine without me coming in. She says, I'll do this for you once, but next time i got to see you. Wow. I haven't been back. Nah, this is, this, is, this is the place where we try to have those conversations, and that's why I love the fact that you're leading in this area with the approach because, what, to me, whether you're on either side – it will be listened to and heard as far as getting the right information. And as you said, the, the marathon is addressing all of the issues. Ivory Tolson, um, a professor out of uh, um, Howard, um, you know, from your esteem, he's the professor there right now, Ivory Tolson. Um, uh, with, you know, I'm kind of a, a secondary researcher, but Ivory is one of the best in the, in the entire academic arena. And he was highlighting – the fact that his issue with the vaccine rollout, and he says it's, 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 it's currently true. We're at the top of the hour, so we're going to go to a break, and hopefully you'll stay on with us real quick, but I just want to highlight this real quickly. But he was saying that, you know, in looking at the numbers, what, what he feared was going to happen was more this. As much as people were focused on our hesitancy and the Tuskegee experiment, his absolute concern was, that when it was time to roll out, would we have access? And right now the numbers are proving, as you mentioned, that we're not getting access even for those who are not hesitant. And that was his bigger concern, and the numbers are show, showing out that way. And so he called out, the, in a sense, the, the medical industry to say, uh, despite all of this, you still haven't improved. You say you're focused on the community and doing these, you know, these promotions for the community, but your actual numbers is not just based on whether people will come in or not. You don't even have the doses just getting sent to the right communities. Like Grady, for example, here in Atlanta got zero dosages on the first rollout. And it didn't just happen just to black, you know, where majority black hospitals were, but for them to get zero dosages in a, in a, in a hot, um, you know, in a, what, what, was it called, what they call it, a hot spot for to get zero yeah. doses of vaccines. Like that's an issue regardless of whether those people want it or not. The, 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 the medical industry itself is failing, and that's what he pointed out. Again, I am kind of went over the break. So if you will, Queen, do you have a few more minutes with me? I'm going to play a quick song, and I definitely got a caller that's been wanting to get in. I'm going to get him on right after the caller. I'm right after the um, break. Are you good? I'm good, honey. Okay, cool. Let's keep it rocking. Just let me know when you got to go. You can just do it, you know, in the next hour. You can just jump off whenever you need to. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. 
Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's conversation with smart people featuring Laditra White. If you're out there looking to call in for the open call, we would definitely get to you. But right now, this queen has agreed to keep rocking with us for this very important conversation that she has a, I don't know if you have an actual official name for it, queen, but um, you're doing this basically a vaccine project where where she's addressing the vaccine hesitancy within the African-American community. And they've been very detail on the information that she's found and we're speaking about it um, right now. Again, I have a caller out there, uh, but again, I just wanted to highlight uh, how much I appreciate how you've approached this, approached this queen. Um, it's, it's, it's so needed uh, because, again, all of those questions are, are fair questions, and I'm not surprised to hear that it was way more nuanced than just a Tuskegee experiment. And again, I'll openly admit, as an advocate, I'm actually in a vaccine trial myself um, with, with Novavax, so not even even the approved Moderna or Pfizer, uh, and th- there are answers to all of those questions. But your, to your bigger point is taking the, taking time to answer those questions is 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 going to be the 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 most important aspect to getting those who are over the hesitancy that who, who may need it. And so all of those are valid questions, um, you know, even to speak to the idea of, like you said, the alternatives, the the the. Um, you know, such as uh, more natural remedies and things of that nature. Um, and so having been an advocate, been on panels, I can answer those questions. But when people ask those questions and don't get answers, that's going to lead to more hesitancy. And that was your major point. Let's go to a caller and see what they got for us. Uh, Brother Unc, I think that you've been waiting on hold for most of the hour. So thanks a lot, King, for being patient with us. Um, you're on with myself as well as our special guest, Laditra White. Um, give us your three cents, King. Thanks for coming on. Hey, man, how y'all doing? How you doing, Sister White? How you feeling? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm a, I appreciate the work, you, work you're doing, and um, we need more people like you in the community fighting for, you know, what's going to uh, benefit our community. So, you know, big ups to your work. I'm, uh, I'm also you. in Atlanta, and, and this has been my fight for the last three years. As a matter of fact, uh, we was fighting this fight even before the pandemic. Um, fruition because of our, our, our reading and our practice of scientific literacy, uh, we, we, we was already prepared for the situation, so we started educating the community before the pandemic even uh, came about. And, and it struck me when you made the statement. You said the, cook, the cooker-cutter response for why black people aren't taking it was a, a Tuskegee experiment, and I'm telling you, you're absolutely right. 
So basically, we partnered up. We, we partnered up with the University hey, of Maryland quick, brother, um, School of Medicine. Keep saying we. Let them know who we is, because I want to make people give up. You know, the reference points of who you're talking about when you say we've been educating the community and y'all have been doing this work for three years. But let you didn't share. You didn't share with us who we is. Who we, who you're speaking about when you say we? So make sure they know who you're talking about. Um, pseudo killers. I'm a raw squad. Um, Kofi Pata research team. Masi Clan Warriors. Um, so we, you know, we're a group dedicated to scientific literacy. And so when you made the point that the cookie cutter was, you know, we're not going to take it based off of the experiments, Tuskegee experiment. And that's exactly what the University of Maryland, a school of medicine said, when, you know, on our phone conversation. And I was like, ah, I don't agree with that. And, and I'm glad that somebody else was thinking and kind of stepped out on that and, and really made, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a movement towards, you know, what is the whole story behind why we're not taking vaccines? So for our group, what we recognized was, you know, race relations are very complicated in North America. We know this to be the truth. But what we really lack is we lack scientific literacy because scientific literacy has the answers for all of our questions dealing with uh, biological organisms, whether that's viruses, uh, the history of, uh, of black people, where we come from, and should we take a vaccination or not, and is it safe for us? And so scientific literacy is what we really lack. Uh, we deem science to be a European thing, which is totally ridiculous. And so it's the education and our social economic status that puts the young brothers and sisters that are young and want to deal with science, they push them off to being athletes. They push them off in other avenues. They're not as accept, socially accepted it's those who are running around playing a rapper game and trying to be tough. And so, you know, it's an educational problem for us. And once we bridge that gap between scientific literacy and, and our community, and, like, it makes sense for us to be literate and understand our natural world because we live in a natural world. And so I found that to be the gap that's really holding us down the most, our lack of understanding. And not to mention we have groups that actually promote uh, being scientifically illiterate. And so we have a long history of fear of science and the promotion of fear of Europeans. This is, this is a recipe for disaster when we're in a state of emergency like a pandemic. So you fear Europeans and you fear the white man's science. And so, you know, what's your recourse to go to the easy well, I answers? Love, I, love where, I love where you're coming from there. And, I, and while I don't disagree whatsoever, I, I truly believe, especially, you know, you just look around you and see the STEM, how, where the STEM funds are going, and African Americans are, are not the biggest consumers of the STEM science and math, you know, funding. But let me say this. I think one of the problems we also need to address head on is the fact that we are extremely gullible as well. We, we get our message. We get our, we consume a lot of social media news. And you can get, you can really fall down the rabbit hole when you start to watch these videos that click on links that take you, take you into conspiracy theories, right? And I don't know them all, mm-hmm. so I, I, don't, I don't spend, I'm aware of them, and some of those conspiracy theories came up as reasons why people don't um, vaccinate. But listen, what I am saying is we're not the ones who are generally running to the uh, white papers and the clinical studies and the sources, the, the pure source of information. We are, mama, mama said it, um, Zumba said it, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
I so I, I am, and I'm, I hate. I mean, I'm, it's truthful. I mean, I I, I see it. No, 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 we don't we day. don't speak it no other way here. So keep keep speaking that truth. Don't even don't even qualify. Yeah. You don't have to do that. That's so, what that's what we specialize in hard conversations. So so don't don't qualify. Keep talking, Queen. Yeah. So we're more likely to doubt something that was said um, because it doesn't pass the smell test, and we'll dismiss it outright versus do the work, put the work in going and finding out for ourselves. We're not the ones who, and I'm not saying, I'm trying not to create a blanket statement here, but I ask the question to people over the last two months, what's the number of times you have personally sought out research or, or, or scientific information on the vaccine? I ask everybody who I interview, and oftentimes they consider I told you. Yes, um, Ladicha, I think we may have lost you, Queen. I don't know if your phone went out. Did you you miss her? You lost her too. Yeah, yeah, I don't hear. All right, Ladicha, if you can hear me, your phone may have went out. So what you do is call <clears throat> right back in, um, Queen, because we definitely want to get, get your thought there. Um, I I really love how um, just as she's breaking this down, where she's going, um, because again, we're trying to get to the root. Um, appreciate the work you're doing. Uh, I'm pretty sure you had a response for her, so I'll kind of let you speak. But, Aditra, if you can hear me, Queen, we can't hear you now. I don't know if you accidentally muted yourself, um, but I would recommend that you drop the call and call back in. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, we lost you. Just so you know, we lost you right at the point where you were, I think, breaking down. Okay, Uh uh-oh. Okay, now she's calling back in. All right. (laughs) So she's going to call back in. Yeah, she's on that now. We can hear her talking. No, 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 no. She just dropped. I'm watching. I'm looking at my board. Yeah, she just dropped. She dropped it. I don't know if she, she didn't, when she said, can you hear me? I don't think she heard me, so she's probably calling back in as we speak. All right, we're going to make it work, so, y'all. This so happens. Hey, we all don't... So, yeah, go ahead. Please go ahead, um, quick, brother. Go ahead. So, so, yeah, based off the last 20 years, we boiled it down. Although it's complicated, we, we, we kind of boiled it down to one issue, and that's scientific literacy. Because uh, if you take conspiracy theories, uh, anti-vaccine jargon, misinformation, and pull it through the strainer, of science, right, and, and have a literacy towards understanding it, then then you realize that science is really undefeated, and science is the question answerer. So so no matter what you believe or how you believe, if you take it through the strain of science, science is best fit to answer those particular questions. And so no matter you know no, no matter what age you are, no matter what you know what social economic status you have. If you simply have a basic understanding of science and how science works, you, you can definitely pull your answers out of it. As a matter of fact, you know we we. we now let me do this. I got the queen back on, so let me let me let me jump. Sorry, let me jump her back on, and we'll I'll definitely let you respond again. Um, Ladicha, we got you back. Um, can I hear you? Can you hear me? Yeah, let's see if we test the mic real quick, queen. All right, we can hear you. Yeah, we yeah we lost you for a second. Yeah, we can hear you yeah, good. Can you hear me? guys the whole time. I apologize. I don't know what happened. But no, it's no problem. It happens. No, it's no big deal. We all are... Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and finish oh. up what you were saying. I just, if I can highlight this real quick, um, because you are, just to let you know what we heard on the air, you were right at the point saying, you know, that you, you ask everybody that comes to you, uh, have they did further research versus just going down the rabbit hole of, of you know, something they've seen on social media or something they heard. You, were, you ask them those questions, and you were pointing out that, unfortunately, we typically are not going to the white papers like a brother, like brother, Ump. that's where he gets his information. I, I enjoy reading those, believe it or not. And so, yeah, myself, when I'm on panels, I'm sharing people 
what the science says, but you're right, Queen, that even when I say, hey, here's what the scientists have said, people are skeptical because they don't typically do the research. But go ahead, Queen. That's right. That's where you were at last when the phone cut out. So go ahead. And yeah, quickly. and so I'll, I'll just round out that point by saying we, we, we've got to get used to taking the next step. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we might step into the room, but we need to be able to go into all the way into the room and be consumers of, and be able to take away both sides. And I don't know that we're doing a lot of that. And by the way, because we live in a digital world, it's so we're bombarded with so many different message points every right. day. It's, and if you see a post and it has two million likes, you know, you of course you're going to be like, wait a minute, there's something here. But that something here may not be <laughs> up, up before you. So that's that's really the point that I wanted to make. No, nah, that's major. I'm actually up against one more break. I know Brother Ants on um, respond. I'm gonna um, go to this okay, last hey, break, guys, make I a point. This time. I'm okay, thank you so much for your time. I love you. Wait, let me tell you this real quick. On March third, come back to Facebook. Follow my because I'm gonna be talking to doctors live on March third at seven, March third at seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for having me on, Montoya. Nah, thank you so much, Queen, for the extra time. Appreciate you. So, brother, let me go okay. to this break, and then we'll we'll continue this conversation. Uh, thanks a lot, King, for staying on with me. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year, or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth with not only effective tax strategies, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. Well, those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770-545-2145 and ask for run. Again, 770-545-2145 and let them save you from yourself. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, who lead your bookkeeping, anything you may need in reference to your business, please contact Bennett's Tax and Accounting. This morning's conversation with smart people, we just had on this amazing guest, Beecher White, talking about her vaccine project. Um, this is the open call hour. I've got Brother Uncle on the line with me right now, so we're going to definitely continue some of the conversation that we were having. Um, if you want to jump in on this conversation, please give us a call at 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. You can talk about anything during open call. It doesn't have to be a continuous of this conversation. While myself and brother Aunt will continue it. Uh, when you call in, you can add to it, bring up anything that you've been hearing. This is the open call hour. We do them every now and then, but we just kind of open up the subject matter when we do these shows. All right. Um, still, again, got brother Uncle on the line. One thing I wanted to say. Um, well, I know you were continuing what you were saying before the break. Um, I just wanted to highlight, I kind of hate that I didn't get to say this to the queen, but um, you had brought me on a kind of, I, kinda, I got on the tail end of a broadcast you were involved in earlier this week uh, with a lot of our um, brothers and sisters from the UK. And I remember this one sister um, near the end, I think you had left at this point, but she basically 
you know, admit it as, you know, as much as, you know, again, secondary researcher, I was bringing a lot of scientific literate, literate information in reference to the vaccine. And so to a degree of uh, the, the panel, although very hesitant, pretty much against the vaccine, they seem to perceive a lot of it because it was, as Dietrich just pointed out, they had some of those same questions. And it was clear to me that in me, get, you know, presenting that information, they had never heard really, as, as she said, the other side. And so, like she said, if you're just consuming one side of it, then either there's an unwillingness to listen to the other side, or sometimes, as you said, a scientific, the scientific approach can give you answers, but if you're not believing or understanding that it can give you answers, you will doubt even the truth. And what that one sister said to me was that the issue was like, she admitted, I'm just very skeptical. And all I share with her is, I says, in all of your skepticism, which I do understand and I respect, unfortunately, I don't think you've looked at any of the information I've presented. And she admitted that. And I was like, unfortunately, how can you know the truth if you're only listening to one side of it? Go ahead, King. Yeah, I think I was at the point, and I was basically saying that the ability to um, determine whether information is right is based off of being scientifically literate. And so we're talking about a biological organism when we talk about viruses. And so if you understand how a virus works and if you have a basic understanding of uh, how the immune system works, you, you'll realize for 350,000 years um, human beings was at the mercy of the court. As simple as that, like there was no, that there wasn't no straight response. You, all you could do, like they did this in West Africa, they practiced social distancing, distancing. Uh, they burnt the dead bodies. Uh, they wore face coverings, and they just stayed away from each other in proper distancing. That's all they had, and they had the best foods. This is pre-industrial age. No chemicals. Uh, none of the things that we may think that um, um, was in their environment, it just wasn't there. And so food was at a premium, the best food. So, and so when people say that, well, there has to be another answer, science gave you what the answer was. It, 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 you have to trick the immune system into thinking it's being attacked. The immune system will produce antibodies to that particular attack, and that's how you stop from getting the coronavirus. But it, but it takes scientific literacy. Now, I think I was saying that, you know, these journals that, that I've been belonging to for the last 20 years, $300 a WAP, uh, New England Journal of Medicine, JAMA, that's J-A-M-A, uh, New, uh, New England, let me see, uh, uh, Lancet, the Journal of Science, the Journal of Nature. Uh, th- these journals are now free. They literally have the free information on coronavirus open up for the general public. And not to mention, they're making, they put it in plain English now. And so there's really no excuse. No, no, no matter what the anti-vaxxers say or do, there's no excuse uh, for us not to get this information out to our community. Now, I talked about there's a block, right? There's a Facebook thing. There's a YouTube thing with misinformation, and the sister talked about that. So how do you refute the misinformation that's easily available, available on YouTube and the Facebook? You refute it with science. And so, you know, th- this has been the mission. Get people scientific literate. Then they can, they, they can tell their history because you use the tools of science to tell your history, paleontology, archaeology, virology, the whole nine yards, right? And so once you get scientifically literate, which absolutely has nothing to do with your belief system, and you know, man, you talk about this forever, you know what I'm saying? Your, your belief system ain't got nothing to do with your science. And as long as we can start to separate that and educate our people, 
put proper information in the community, we'll be fine. We're, we're intelligent enough to know when white people are trying to kill us. That's what they claim, right? We're intelligent enough to figure right. out whether the vaccine is safe or not. Just based off their whole army being vaccinated or getting vaccinated. Just based off essential workers getting vaccinated. At a certain point, it becomes wholesale ridiculous when you start to fight against the truth right in front of your face as we see the vaccine start to work. Uh, you let me know that you was in a vaccine program. You're not dead. You have not changed. So for me, you're, you're, you're confirmation. You don't even have the approved vaccine. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You're in a vaccine trial, and I've always told you, man, that took heart, and, and, and you're a hero in our community. And, you know, people need to start seeing it like that because you stepped out on a limb, right, and you took the vaccine, but you did that for my children, for my children's children. Right, that, that, you know, that's heroic. That's what other communities do. You, you, you start to see heroes arise in their communities, and, and and they stand up to the misinformation. So you know, you know, my whole thing is when you're actually putting pamphlets of misinformation in our community, that point has to be addressed. Right, misinformation, right, being promoted, fear being promoted, coming through organizations that we trust the most, like the Nation of Islam. On this issue, they're just wrong. So when your beliefs start to carry into your science and it starts to be bad decision-making for the community, we got to deal with that. Thank you, Montoya. No, I love it, man. Um, like I said, it's an open call. I don't know how much time you got. I got a couple of other callers out there. Um, for the other callers, yeah. if you want to get in on this discussion, um, you know, press press one, and we'll definitely be glad to get you in. Y'all could take us in a different direction, but right now, I'm going to keep rocking on this subject because I think it's necessary. Um, if you've been listening to the first hour, again, I definitely, um, on March 3rd, make sure you go find and follow Laditra White so you can see the results of her. And she's bringing a whole bunch of doctors in, again, just trying to really, I feel like she was wrapping arms around our community in her approach. Uh, because as you, as you said, uh, even when you were a part of that panel with University of Maryland, uh, their approach was kind of a blanket statement, and, 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 and that's not the case. And as you said, and I agree with, and Laditra said it as well, we are absolutely intelligent enough to decipher what the real information is. However, if we're not seeking out a science to how we d- d- discern whether something is true or not, and, and they're not and when we say scientific approach, I'm really talking about methodology because, you know, the reality is we've allowed to a degree, and this is what Ladisha was talking mm-hmm. about, we've allowed mm-hmm. the science, the name science to get a bad rap, like the term science to get a bad rap to a degree amongst many in our community. And what people don't quite understand is usually what we're really talking about when you say literacy is respecting the methodology between deciding whether something is true or not. And in in most cases, if you apply the methodology, you have a better chance at getting to what is actual true versus having to believe something that's been repeated over and over. Uh, So uh, again, appreciate the work that you do uh, with the Amara squad, as well as the other group that you uh, uh, mentioned as well. So y'all are much needed in our community. So I want to, you know, just say that to you at this moment, because again, I don't know how long I have you. But I just want to say I, I appreciate the work that you do in the community because, again, we do need it so bad. Uh, with that said, I want to go ahead and even approach uh, one of those questions that um, came out of Laditra's project. If you're just now tuning in, uh, Laditra White, again, is doing a vaccine project where she really went into the community to figure out 
what is leading, what's leading to the hesitancy that we see within the African American community. Uh, she's taken a, a very neutral approach. I think she's been able to get to those real life, uh, get to get the answers to that. To that, and she was saying she was pointing out some of the things that people were most concerned about. Number one being, in a sense, the speed of this vaccine coming to market. And so, uh, again, if you take a scientific approach, you can actually get the answers to that. But that is a very valid question. I can. It's a common sense question, right? And from the standpoint of, again, I mentioned it earlier in the show, if they typically take about eight to ten years, currently have been pretty much uh, how long a vaccine would take to get approved. The, rec- the previous record beyond that was uh, a mumps vaccine was developed in four years, and it was considered the outlier because typically they take longer. Or if you go back historically, much longer than eight to 10 years for some of the vaccines to be developed. So that's a very natural, common sense question. Like, well, dang, how are they going to be able to do a vaccine in a year? So when you ask that question to yourself, again, that's just a common sense question to ask. Then you're like, oh, that makes me skeptical. Again, very fair skepticism. No problem. You can have that skepticism. The unfortunate problem is without a scientific approach, you can't get a fair answer other than assumptions are, as Brother Unk pointed out, there are even organizations, you know, such as the NOI who, who's, who's pushing and, and letting beliefs fade into science, and they're pushing an idea to say that's impossible. And so because you have that natural question in your head that says, hey, I see that, that's, that's pretty – how do they do it so quickly and they got some, supposedly some new technology – and then you get another organization that backs you up to say that thing's dangerous, then you're going to be like, I ain't taking that. And you ain't even looked into it. Like Laditra pointed out that in her doing this very needed work, she asked every person, have you researched any of this information versus what you just heard? And I think she was saying that for the most part, people were just relying on the information they had received, but they hadn't seeked it out. You know, Ed, I'm actually up against another break, brother. Thanks for hanging on with me. I'm gonna go to this break, and I want to talk specifically about the speed and and how this came, how this particular virus came to market so fast. Um, we definitely know the details, brother. Uncle, kind of assist me with that. Again, for anybody out there uh, that wants to get in, six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Just press one to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. 
They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know with me. Because I look like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning, first hour guest, Conversation with Smart People, Deetra White, working on her vaccine project. We're still kind of continuing that conversation, but this is our open call hour. So if you want to call in and get kick off any conversation you want, call in, ask any questions. The number is 646-787-1691. I got Brother Uncle on from the Amara Squad kind of helping me continue this conversation. Uh, but I definitely wanted to speak to um, the brevity uh, of this vaccine coming to market, specifically the Moderna and Pfizer. Those have been approved. As I've mentioned, I'm in the Novavax trial, um, haven't been approved. So I'm in, you know, I'm in the early stages to a degree. Um, but with that said, uh, brother, uh, before I highlight, because you've heard me speak to this about, you know, ha- just happening to come across the story that it's how they broke the record for, um, the vaccine being developed and being put in the first arm for, the, you know, for the clinical trial, for testing, not the actual approval, but they broke the record by a, by a, a great deal. Um, but if you can speak even to the mRNA technology, and I may not be saying it incorrectly, so correct me if I did, but if you could just speak about that, mm-hmm. because I know you understand those specifics better than I do, and then I'll speak to the bre- how, how they were able to bring it to the market so quickly. Go ahead, King. Thanks again for being on with us. Yeah, yeah man. Th- thanks for having me. Let me speak, brother. So <laughs> the problem is we get a lot of our information from the media, and science is counterintuitive. And what I mean is it's not what you think it is. And so when you hear the media say, hey, wolf speed, you know, the president signs the bill, wolf speed. So now you're on alert. So people with misinformation can take advantage of the statement wolf speed. When the media say this new technology, now – People with misinformation can take advantage of that. The reality is the nanotechnology, okay, the lipid nanoparticles, they've been working with that for the last 30 years. It was actually approved in 1998 in England and in 1999 in the United States, and they use it to cancer drugs. So they've been working with it for 30 years. They already knew they could deliver, right, uh, a, a, a nanoparticle, okay, directly to the cells. They knew that using uh, the lipids is made out of oils and stuff like that, like bubbles and it actually encases the messenger, the RNA message. And they knew that could direct that directly to the cell. But they've been doing that for 30 years. That wasn't new. You know, and I know they've been working on coronavirus for the last 30 years. So that's not new, right? What was new was bringing the two ideas together. But they never it that way. So it becomes Hey, unfortunately, we got a bad connection now, brother. Uh, we got a real bad connection right now. So, if I, with the connection, I know people can't hear you. So, call right back in, brother, and I'll let you jump right back in. So, I don't know why we're having these problems today. It happens from time to time, but yeah, I don't know. It sounds like you might be you moving, can't hear me which is now? no problem. Yeah, yeah, you're coming through clear now. So, go ahead and yeah, yeah, I hear you now. Go ahead and so, finish what you were saying. 
So where was I at? You, you got the 1998. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you. So we started losing you right when you were explaining that um, they put the two ideas together, the nanotechnology with. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we lost you kind of yes, right in there. That's Okay, well that's the that, that's the new idea bringing it together. But wait a minute, what, the Ebola outbreak they used the RNA mRNA uh, vaccine during the Ebola outbreak, so they had already had experience with it. So we was fighting against the media, and fighting against anti-vaccine groups. We was fighting against the largest anti-vax uh, group, black group in America, which is the Nation of Islam. So we doing all these things, fighting against it, and it's easy for them to sway you. So the only way we could you could really handle that. Is to be literate on the subject matter. And so, you know, this is what we do, Montoya. And I know you're going to tell a story about the doctor that already had it. So the lie, here's the lie. The lie is that this is all new. That's not the truth. Okay. That's not, that's, that's, that's far from the truth. Okay. The truth is, is that putting those ideas together, you know what I'm saying, uh, getting it approved that way was what, is what was new. And so the speed and all that is technology. And I always give this example. When they took the slaves from Africa on those wooden ships with sails, it took at least four months to get there. Now, a ship, a steel ship with an engine in it, diesel fuel, can get from Africa to America in four days. So are you to say that those ships to get to America in four days aren't safe because of the speed of it? No, you would say it's the technology and engineering and study of that subject and understanding the oceans better and the whole nine yards that allows them to make that trip faster. So we should look at the vaccines the same way. They're putting probes on Mars right now. So black people, their jobs for our young brothers and sisters in technology and science. We got to get the program to understand just because a technology hasn't been used on a regular basis doesn't mean, one, they don't understand it, and two, since science is counterintuitive, you may think that it was too fast, but in reality, based off the studies, based off the electron microscopes, based off of how the coronavirus is so easy to look at, the AIDS virus is harder, has all different types of connectors. The AC1 mm-hmm. connector that's on the coronavirus sits up like a big piece of fruit, easy for you to kind of look into that. So I'm just making a point here that, that, that I'm a science advocate. Our community has fallen to this space of uh, science deniers. They, 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 look, they, they hook up with local European groups that are actually anti-government. So when they say anti-government and we say we anti-white people, we're basically saying the same thing. They don't trust the government. So for the, for the record, Brother Unk and all the families dedicated to scientific literacy we don't trust anybody. We trust the data. We trust the science. Now, a great approach. And that's, you know, what I was saying on that panel with the U.K., uh, you know, people saying, hey, the process, the methodology is, is what I trust. Um, you know, and I'll give this example, and I'll get into the, you know, why this came to market so fast. But the example I, sh- I, I shared on, this was another broadcast, not the one that we, were, you know, kind of on together. Uh, but I shared with someone just the other night. Um, I was having a dialogue with someone who, 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 who's kind of an anti-vaxxer. You said uh, they just take the information and manipulate it. Like for, you know, like you said, this new technology, because there is, again, this is, you know, some newer technology being used for the first time to a degree. And I listened to him get it. It's just to show people how, how it is approached. And so he was talking about it, but this is how he labeled it. He says they, they're using some um, – never before um, 
uh, uh, they're using this new technology that's never been successful before. And I cut them off and says, why did you label it as never been successful before? Science is telling you it, this is new technology. So how could it? They're, they're using new technology. So why would you label it as never been successful before? But I just point that little moment out to say this is how, as you said, they manipulate again, just what the science world is again. And we're not talking about the media. We're talking about the actual being able to go look at the data, see what they're doing. And, you know, and with that said, um, you know, just getting into the brevity of it, this basically science had been sitting up because we, as you said, with technology, they can do this now. They run the simulations on computers. 50 years ago, they couldn't run no simulations on a computer. Every, You know what I mean? And so now computer technology is up to the to the degree that this science by the name of Graham, I, I forget his first name, but as you said, they've been studying coronaviruses for the last 30 years. This this science, he's in his 60s, and he's been involved with trying to create a vaccine for various coronaviruses since one back in the 60s that ended up killing a bunch of infants, like 125,000 infants. was a particular virus, coronavirus, that attacks those specifically infants. And at that time, they tried to develop a vaccine that failed. But this was back when the smallpox had just become widely accepted throughout the country. It had been widely susceptible, widely acceptable. So at that time, they used the exact same approach that they used for the smallpox virus, which is take a live virus, kill it, and input it in, you know, and put it into infants. And it ended up being super successful. With that being the technology they had at the time. When this other coronavirus, I think it was called SVR, whatever, I think that's what they labeled it back then. So they, with the knowledge that science had at that time, they took the exact same approach. They actually killed the virus, inputted the, the trial was 31 children, and they found out because science does the methodology. So for for those who are anti-science, as we might mention, or might have as we've mentioned, or don't do the research, or you think that science is out to get you, you don't understand the methodology is. We're going to test it before we bring something to market. And, again, we're, I don't want to simplify that, but they put it in 31 babies. 16 of them caught it, and two actually died. And so what happened was they realized this approach, they took the same approach to the smallpox, but this approach for this particular virus actually made it more likely for you to catch it. And so I know people have those fears now, but you're getting it from pieces of information because science has to study it virus specific, so something that worked for the smallpox virus absolutely did not work for that virus back then. But this Dr. Graham has been trying to figure this out for 30 years. But in this case, like you said, they had already been playing around with it, and he had something ready to go on a computer that he says, I think this is going to work. And as soon as Wuhan announced that this is a novel virus, it's brand new, what they were able to do this time that they couldn't even have done 10 15 years ago, basically, as soon as they sequenced the COVID-19 specifically, they uploaded it to the computer that all scientists in the world can see. So Dr. Graham literally gets the sequencing the day that they say this is a new virus and immediately goes into action to getting something that he had been working on for 30 years into market. And he basically reached out to Fauci and said, we can do this very quickly. I'm not a big fan of Fauci because, again, it's attached to the government, but I'm just telling the story as is. And so in him reaching out to Fauci, Fauci went on record to the public and says, we think we can develop one fast. And it was all because he trusted this, this scientist 
by the name of Graham, who had been working on this for 30 years, as you said. And so that he had, he had saw the information that he had. And so anyway, long story short, it was all on the computer. So even though it's all on the computer, they can only bring it to market through testing it through humans. They had tried it one time before with the Zika virus that broke out. But when they were back, when they were trying to bring that one to market, the Zika virus got under control, so they stopped the trials. And it took about seven months at the time. In this situation, this particular gram, along with the help of the African American sister who actually developed the actual vaccine, they were able to put it in her arm as the first test patient in 66 days. So it definitely broke the record. And for anybody listening that's fearful, they're definitely going to hear what I just said. As if what well, that alone tells me not to take it and not and not understanding that we're just trying to bring in, as you said, but uh, there's so much more science, so much technology now that, like your analogy said, it took four four months years ago to bring someone across the Atlantic Ocean. Now it can be done in four days. That science and technology is no different. So that's how they were able to break records because things that wasn't even in place just 15 years ago. I'm going to let you speak to that, and I've got to go to one last break. Go ahead, King. No, I, I mean, I agree with everything you just said, Montoya, 100%, bro. Uh, uh, no doubt, no doubt. All right, I'm going to go to this last right. break. If y'all want to get in, anybody out there wants to get in, please give us a call, 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. Press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. All I ask that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please give me a call. Again, my number is 404-604-9477. If you are an individual that wants to support the return of Intelligent Radio, please go to mentaldialogue.com down and see how you can become a member to keep Intelligent Radio on the air. I still got Brother Unc holding me down for this open call, second hour. Got one other caller out there. If you want to get in, please press 1. If you want to get in on this last segment, please give us a call at 646-787-1691. This is actually one of the uh, open calls where I didn't get as many calls, but I don't know if it's because they're liking what we're doing or 
Are people busy today? But thanks a lot, brother, Aunt, for being on with me. And so uh, we are again continuing with this conversation. Uh, I just love how you pointed out, how, like you said, how the information can be manipulated by those who are not scientific liter- literate. And sometimes, so what happens is people assume that people like yourself or myself that we're in that same mode. And so people literally will look between the information that you're providing and maybe someone else who's manipulating. They will look at it as like, well, you just have a choice of who you want to believe. And we're like, no, we don't trust a soul. And they don't understand that when you're going to methodology, that it proves that you don't trust a soul. And here's my perfect example of it. Um, I had a friend of mine about a month ago or less, maybe a little less than a month ago when, when they first mentioned, when Dr. Fauci first mentioned that the current vaccines that are approved should work on that new variant strand, for example. And so my friend goes on Facebook and says, who actually believes that, you know, believes what Dr. Fauci is saying. And, and he was basing it off the fact that, or I shouldn't say the fact, but he was basing it off um, to a degree that people have come to, dis- some people have come to distrust Dr. Fauci. Again, I don't rely on Dr. Fauci for anything. And so in him making that point, here's what I did. I didn't say he should believe Dr. Fauci. I basically said, well, let me just go see what the scientists are saying about this. Because, again, this is proving that we're not trusting anybody. I just want to go to the methodology. So when I go research it, what I end up finding is that I already did some testing on the strand here in America, which is known as B117 for the coronavirus. That that testing had been showing that the um, efficacy of the current vaccines would work on it. However, during my research, there was a strand B357. I may have that number a little off, but that was coming out of South Africa that had been, in a sense, proving that it could escape the antibodies that had been developed and that that one, the vaccines that they had may not be as effective. And so I tell that to say, when somebody thinks we're just trusting someone like a Dr. Fauci, no, I don't go look up and see what the scientists are saying if I just trust what Dr. Fauci says. I actually got found out that on one hand that he's correct for the variant that's here in the U.S., so he could say that. However, science, science was also pointing out the variant that wasn't as effective. And so what I always love to, love to say about science is science just gives you all the information. But if I wanted to be manipulative, I would just – come out and say, oh, it works. I wouldn't tell you about the strain of South Africa. But if I was on the flip side wanting to be anti-science, I would tell you that they're already proving that this thing doesn't work and never tell you about that it's two different strands. Because when I go look up the science, I can see all of the information. I don't, have, I don't see one side of it. Science reports it all, but an anti-vaxxer will only tell you about the bad. Go ahead, King. You're counting towards him. I'm right about that. And they only report one side, but science is self-correcting, though. I think that's important for everybody to understand. It, it, it corrects itself. So that South African variant, uh, so the, 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 the data shows that although the particular vaccine might not stop you from actually getting it, but you will be afforded protection, meaning you won't get a severe uh, 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 disease. They've got the vaccine. Same with the flu shot. They try to figure out uh, what variants are coming seasonally, and they try to uh, cook up a vaccine that's going to fight it. But sometimes they don't even get that right. But you won't get as sick 
as a person, if you got the shot, you won't get a shot as a person that don't have no protection at all. So I think that's an, that's an important part that the anti-vaxxers, they always leave that part out. That the fact that you got your vaccine, okay, the two doses, right, that even though that variant is a different variant, you still will have protection. It might not stop getting it, but you won't get it blown out since. If, if you know, if you didn't have a vaccine, I think that's an important part that the people always miss, and I think they, they, do that, they do that on purpose, obviously. So, you know, yeah, I, you know, I agree, man, that science lays out all the data, and it self-corrects itself, and no, we don't trust privacy, but we trust the data. We trust the information. We trust the scrutiny. We, we, we trust the, 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 the rigor, the, you know, the rigorous study in science. That's what we're trusting. We're trusting that, it, you know, science is a human endeavor. All nations, uh, all, all, all communities, uh, they have science. And, 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 and so the data is, is ran through so all, all people understand that. Yeah, that's all. I just want to put that out there. Nah, you know, you know, my favorite example of speaking about, I love how you said it, the idea of science. I always say, I always say science loves to correct itself. It's the very reason that, you know, we as kids, we grew up saying, hey, there's nine planets, and science over time uh, and, and how they're continue to, as you say, rigorously continue to study even the stuff that they think they know, they continue to study it, and eventually somebody proposes that, hey, this Pluto is not really a planet. And so now we have eight planets that are recognized. You know, and again, that's a broad, a broad example, but it just speaks to uh, the scientific literacy that you talk about that just, in a sense, supports, as we're saying, that the methodology is what we're, what we're talking about, not relying on what the uh, individual who from time to time, and this is something that people often confuse, is they feel like, we're also saying that humans can't manipulate science. And we're like, no, we're not saying that at all. It's just what happens is when we're going to look for the information, we're trying to look for someone who has used correct methodology because when science is being manipulated, the only way to discover that this science is being manipulated is to say, what did they do? Did Did they follow the steps properly? And quite often during peer review, which is, you know, another group of scientists trying to duplicate your study, that's when they'll discover that a, either um, something was off, so it could be an accidental or something wasn't thought about, or if that person is being intentional, that it's definitely going to be discovered because it won't hold up to the scrutiny that you speak of. And, again, we're just, I'm just massaging through what, you know, people like Brother Unk and his group are saying when they're, using the word science, because, again, I think the name is now starting to get a bad rap, and, and we got to, in a sense, move away from it because, as Brother Unk said, hey, they're putting probes on Mars. There are so many jobs available if we could send our children, which I advocate very much for, down this track, and, and, and we have so much shortage when it comes to the STEM field across the country that we gladly bring in other brilliant brains who are studying science into this country to fill those jobs. So I've always said that when it comes to science, this is an area that um, we could encourage and have more of our children go into and and help solve the world's problems with the methodology. And here's another thing if I want to point out highly at this moment is the more that we are up in the hierarchies, you know, whether it be um, Dr. 
Patricia Harris, whether it be the sister that developed this vaccine, the more that we are involved in the process throughout, then if there was ever a conspiracy that, quote, unquote, did hold true um, that people are fearful of, it becomes way a lot more difficult to do it when we're all throughout the process. And currently, versus even the Tuskegee experiment, even to bring that back up, we're throughout the process from at the front, you know, at the front lines with the essential workers to filling out the reports of, of, of you know, because one of the theories right now is, you know, that they're inflating the numbers. And I don't want to, you know, start a whole other conversation on it or whatever. But, you know, in me talking to frontline workers who actually designates what people, you know, like you, if you learn their process, uh, you know, it's a lot. They will be putting their jobs on the line just to, um, you know, mismark a death certificate, if you will. And again, that's just mentioning that. But we're, my, my bigger point is we're, for, we're all the way to that level, all the way to the development of this actual vaccine. Historically, we were not involved. So in, in, no, in, in that case, if something was put forward, there was nobody that could even, quote, unquote, blow the whistle. Now, what happens right now, all the so-called whistleblowers, just calling it for what it is, they're quite often people who are, they may have doctor in front of their name, but I've seen, you know, people use people that are not specifically in the field. And and that's what we're talking about when we're saying we rely on the methodology. We want to see, we want to see what's your methodology for coming to that conclusion. And rarely will you see in this situation, someone that's saying this thing is bad. You can't, you can't, you can't ask them to well, show me your study, show me your study that proves what you're saying because unfortunately they're manipulating. Go ahead, King. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you muted. Go yeah, ahead. I got you. Go, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I can hear you now. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth with that. They'll, they'll make those claims, but they won't have a study to back their claims. And so there was, a, I, forget the, I forget the name of the medicine, and a doctors were saying, yes, we're already using medicine in malaria. We're already using it point blank. Uh, why can't we use it? And so, you know, they didn't approve it, right, because it wasn't enough clinical studies on it. And then later on, they came back and changed it. And people were like, well, wow, you know, see, they should have done it in the beginning. That's not, how, that's not how it works. That's not how the safety measures. you got to follow safety measures. So, so you can't allow charismatic speaking doctors to make you go past the science, to prove, you know what I'm saying, to use something that has not been through the system. The system works. Like they said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It works. And so just because you got a few doctors on about we used it before in malaria, it should work for coronavirus, we got a few people and it works, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not how that works. If they don't do it that way for a reason. So it, 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 it is a system. It is predictive. Signs are predictive. Uh, like I read the book by um, Deadliest Enemy uh, by Michael Osterholm, and he talked about the pending I'll fight against the war against pathogens. They talked about how uh, rev up because the pandemic was coming. So I knew this six, seven months before the pandemic even came. I read the book by um, uh, Peter Hotez, Vaccines Didn't Cause um, Rachel's Autism. And so, you know, it's going to take some reading on our part to kind of really tighten up on uh, how we understand what it is. But you, 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 you just want with these people to make these claims. They'll just say good talkers, but they, they, they won't show a study. I think that's a crucial point you made right there, Montoya. All right, well, we're, you know, near the end. I thank you for helping me get through the second hour because I, 
I never want to do these open calls just with me running my mouth. So I uh, definitely appreciate you uh, for bringing those points. And I think very necessary, to, in a sense, I'll say the fight continues. And the fight is simply not fighting for the literacy in reference to, uh, unfortunately, pandemic that now is worldwide that continues to unfortunately show um, that it is still affecting our community more. Uh, you know, people focus on the deaths, uh, you know what I mean? But it's the collateral damage of the, like we did, a study just came out that's showing that 30% of people um, that have had it are now seeing symptoms return and things of that nature. So the unfortunate part is uh, people focus on the 1% that die, but never consider that 20% of those people will have a, their quality of life affected for, you know, forever. So the number becomes, you know, 20% higher than the 400,000 deaths, whether you believe that's inflated or not, you're not considering all those who are now, their lives have been changed, you know, unfortunately because of this, virus that you put up the post, which I appreciate this, that in the past year, um, you know, um, African-Americans life expectancy went, went down by 2.7. That hasn't happened since 1918, where you had that significant of a drop in life expectancy. Three years so this thing is affecting us. Yep. Affecting us, whether we realize it or not. So thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So thank you for that information. Uh, but it's just something to speak to. Don't trust us. Go to the data. We don't trust these people either. We just go to the data. We're at the end of the show. Thank you for rocking with me. Uh, see y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.